The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome everybody to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell and co-host Deirdre Serego bringing you the best in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment and we have a great show for you today. I'm very excited. Yeah! Before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town, my co-host who's so fabulous, Mr. Ron Russell. Good evening. Oh, good afternoon, everyone. What is it? Evening or afternoon? <laughs> good whatever it is, everyone. I am a new person. I am clean now. I do not use vulgarity, nor do I make sexual gestures to Jimmy on our show. We have absolutely sterilized our show. It is so clean and pristine that you will feel cleansed and bathed after you watch us. We are going to be square, dumb, boring, and totally clean because that's what the higher-ups sent us, a letter informing us that we were low-class trash <laughs> and that we better clean up our <laughs> acts or else we're off of the air. So now we're going to give you the howdy-doody version of the Jimmy Star Show. No, we're not. Screw that. What Let's a go. bunch of right. BS. No, I, I, uh... I intend to be very proper. Yeah, that's not going to get you very far. <laughs> well, this show hasn't either. Sure it has. <laughs> Where did it take me? Huh? You still haven't paid me. Oh, well, you're working on it. You're working you're on it. You're supposed to pay me money. Harder! Eventually, we're working on it. Yeah, yeah. You know what they say about people that work for free? They're slaves. I'm not a slave. That's true. I'm not Ooh, I like that noise, Chad. I like all that little Chad, ch Chad, 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 Chad. Sorry. You have a lot of guests. Hold on, hold on. We forgot to, to introduce Chad. Our <laughs> man, we got to introduce Wait, our man Chad's behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Who has a lot of gas and he's he letting it out and sound. He says you're Sorry. a slave to love. You're a slave to love. Everybody likes your shirt and your hair. Thank you. My hair looks wild today. That's because I didn't do a freaking thing to it. <laughs> I got out of the shower. I put my hands in it. I looked in the mirror. I said, you skinny old bitch. Oops. I said, you skinny old witch. You really look like, you really look like heck darn Heck. Wow. Oh, darn heck. Keep it clean. I just look so bad. Oh, st <laughs> stop that crap. Jesus I Christ. I give him 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. Well, right. he'll be back to normal. You want to make bets here, baby? That Let's I don't go. Let one I got ten on out ten. You might not let an effort, but you already let a bitch I, I'm out. Not, so. not, I know. <laughs> that was not. I said witch. After you said bitch. No, it was a mistake. <laughs> it was an error. Just like when you mistakenly dropped the f bomb and you meant to say suck no, or something. No, wait a minute. The f bomb has a very deep. As a deep meaning, a bitch is a little puppy dog that you buy in the window. Oh, and, and, if, you walk, in the and if you walk by the they're puppy, laughing in the chat room. They said they give you five minutes. Right, right. Oh, five. If you're walking, if you're walking past a pet shop and a little puppy's in the window, you say to your child, "Look at that cute little bitch." Should we go in and buy it? Nobody says that to their yes, children. Yes, and then your child turns around and said, "Oh, that bitch. That's the one that daddy <laughs> takes out every night." 
Anyway, so what's up, everybody? You got to get your bitches straight. We have well, a great I'm not show. cursing. I will not curse. I refuse to be low down, vulgar, and disgusting like Jimmy Starr. That's right. Like me. I'm a piece of trash. I'm pure. <laughs> I'm as pure as the driven snow. Absolutely. Wait, as Mae West said, I may have drifted a little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So what's up, everybody? Um, first, we want to give a shout-out to the chat room. Thank you so much, everybody, giving Ron compliments on his hair and both of our shirts. Mm. Thank you so much. We're enjoying it. We want to give a shout-out to Dave Hughes, Stars Now, Cindy Lady Lake, Ken the Hitman Pettigrew. Oh, that's a new – he put the Hitman in there. That's because uh, I'm going to hit Pettigrew him. Show, when I see him, I'm going to hit him. Thursday nights, <laughs> 8 p.m. Pacific time, the Ken Pettigrew Show, Irish Ginger, Joel Sotolongo, everybody in the chat room, hello. We got a great show for you today. We got horror actress Sadie Katz, which I, I'm learning she's done more stuff than horror too now well if that's pronounced horror by the horror. way horror not whore a horror actress does x-rated porno this is a le on the level actress who does monster films therefore she is a horror horror so chad say horror no floridians uh, all say whore it's yeah, horror right. it's a horror, horror. Show. Listen, chad chad wait, wait let's listen to chad chad go ahead i say horror horror no don't want the whore <laughs> no it's <laughs> hold on hold on glenn say horror Horror. Okay, well, he no. made it a little bit more when distinct. You, when you syllables. listen to Lara Spencer speak on Good Morning America, she says horror. I don't care. Because she's from Long Island, from the same town I'm from. Okay. So we have that real New York. We have that horror. Okay, well, anyway. It's, it's a pure accent. By the way, New York City, they make fun of the accent. It happens to be the accent that you hear on, in all movies and television. They don't do that southern crap unless the character calls for it. So if they're going to do straight talk... They speak like people in New York well, City. People in Educated. Florida say horror. <laughs> Educated New Yorkers, not the not the dummy. New anyway, Yorkers. she's a horror horror movie actress. No, say we it. also have. No, wait, wait, stop. Wait. Say, say it softly. Two syllables. She is the star of horror movies. Look how nice. She is the star of horror movies. No, not horror. Horror. <laughs> horror it's horror, not horror. It's horror. Horror, horror. Work, horror works for money. <laughs> it's horror. 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 It's not horror. It's H O. Yeah, H O was H O. Ho. Ho, that's ho, right. Ho, horror. Ho, horror? <laughs> no, it's pronounced. You just made made my point. No, it's pronounced. Everybody out there that's from New York, please call in. It's it's horror. It's a horror. Okay. It was a horrible evening. I met this horrible man named Jimmy Starr, who I married, and he's a horrible person. And he's he likes horror movies. No, he likes horror. <laughs> he likes horror movies. Also, you guys, we got Sander Berkeley coming on the show. You guys know him from everything. He uh, He's in that new hit show, Salem, uh, Sunday nights at 10 p.m., but he's also been in so many things. You can't even ta – Gattaca, Taken, Air Force One, The Terminator. I mean, you name it. He's been in it, and uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and he's going to be our second hour show That's guest. That's like me. I've been in so many movies, I forgot to name one. I could name one that I remember. You like, know, I've been around, Jimmy. I've been in a lot of film. I've done a lot of television. I, I worked for Universal for a while. I was a cowboy, a butch cowboy, too. Nobody knew I was a sissy in dungarees. What about, like, like Navy boys raping or something? No, I was never in a Navy boy rape movie. No, no. I played a Western cowboy guy that, that ran they around would have liked with, it. with Brenda Vaccaro on the show called Sarah. And then I did a Charlie's Angels for a minute and a half. And I did a lot of stupid stuff. Then I did that wonderful movie we just finished. <laughs> Except I forgot the name. Okay. That, that so tell everybody. Oh, oh wait, what time is three oh eight? Okay, we got time. What you? What did you say, Chad? I said it was that wonderful. Yes. That he oh, forgot. I, just I throw that little crap in there because everybody that comes on the show, they all do fabulous things, according to Jimmy. You know, they're all over the place. They're all stars. My day, a star was Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, Humphrey Bogart, Clark Abel. They were stars. 
They lasted 40 years, 50 years in the making. These new stars today, I don't know what the hell their names are, Uisha, Papatasha, Takakuku, or they got some other weird name, <laughs> and they come and they go. Just by the time I learned their name, they're gone. It's a meat they left the screen. Oh, not the ones we bring on, Art. Come on. The only one I like is that little one that I thought was gay, but she's not. That little one that from the shooting when she shot the arrows, remember? No. Hunter? Hunting game? Huh? Jennifer Jennifer, Lawrence. I love Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer I think Lawrence. she's a brilliant. Oh, she's a new star. She's a, yeah, but she's going to be around. Jennifer Lawrence is going to be like a Betty Davis and a Meryl Streep. That little kid. I think it all just depends on what you think is like a no, long no. time being I, around. I could see. I've been in the business <laughs> many, many years. Well, our guest coming on today for the our, our first guest. She's. she's Do you new realize in the last I came years. into the business when you were born? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, our second guest coming That's on today, just so you know, um, has been making A plus films. Like 36 years. That's then a pretty I, long I, time. I know That's who, a career. I know who he is. If you saw him, you would see it. Yes, you would Absolutely. know him. Absolutely. I'm not you saw, he, was, he was the guy who killed, tried to kill Harrison Ford in, uh, in Air Force One. When I see him, I, I will know him. He's also worked <clears> with <throat> Nicole Kidman, Michael Caine. He's in that movie with James Caan and Ben Midler where they're like, the act. we watched it on TV. Oh, I know who you're talking. He was in that movie. He's in that movie. What's his name? Um, His name is Xander Berkeley. Xander Berkeley. I I think I I don't remember the name, but I know who he is. He's He's in a Richard Gere movie, Sean Connery. He's a good phenomenal character actor. Good character. And he also the lead in like a bunch of TV shows. Yeah, no, I know who he is. I know who he is. You're gonna have fun. So anyway, though, this weekend, you guys just keep it clean. Okay. See that so far? How long are we on the air? I haven't said one curse word. Oh, God. Yes, well, you did. You said bitch. No, bitch is not a curse word. Bitch is an animal. It's a dog. It's a female dog. Chad, does bitch count as a curse word? No. If you refer to it as a dog, then I guess it wouldn't be. But if you're referring it to it in another way, it could be. I, I, referred, it, I referred it to it as a dog. Screw all that stuff. Okay, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Get him running. So we only have a couple minutes, and then we're going to call our first guest. But you want to tell him about your weekend or no? Because you were very I, I, upset I would rather this not, because I was in a sick bed, as you all know. I've lost considerable weight from this dreadful flu that has gotten me and Jimmy and my children. Um, and I got out of bed to go to the AIDS walk in New Hope, which is our town. And when I got there, I said, Jimmy, I think we missed it. But it was 12 o'clock, and I know the AIDS walk starts at 9. It was probably the saddest thing I've ever seen. And I was so ashamed of all the gay people in New Hope that did not come out to support this parade or this walk. Um, when I got to the school where they were holding the, the whatever it was, the food tables, it was pathetic. If you want to see what they, what they had available to the walkers, go on Ron Russell's show on Facebook and there are pictures. Oops. Um, it just was not an event that I was happy about because I'm used to the AIDS walks in New York City, Los Angeles, uh, Florida. Uh, the, the walks are fabulous. They make thousands of dollars. This walk made maybe $300, and it was just sadly done. And I next year want to do it myself, and I want to bring Lainey Kazan in as our, as our um, general, you know, the, what is it called, the Grand Marshal, and bring in celebrities and start to really hoop hoop it up and make it a, an event that can make some money. The saddest thing was that Jimmy and I went to park in the parking lot, and there's a sign there, and it said $10 for parking, and 100% of this money goes to the high school gym, which indicated to me not to the AIDS walk. And I thought, how horrible is that to say to these heterosexuals that are homophobic, if you come in and park here, the $10 doesn't go to the fairies. It only goes to we the almighty straight people, the fabulous straight people who screwed it up. It was this, appalling. It was who screwed up appalling. this world with wars and, and crap. So anyway, anyway I was upset. I it bet. was appalling to go to an AIDS walk, uh, go to an AIDS walk, 
first of all, only like 80 people walked it, and there's like Sad. a huge gay community here, but only like 80 people walked. Um, second of all, then to go and pay ten dollars to support the AIDS walk, that would be great. To pay ten dollars and the money gladly. goes to AIDS, but to, to park at a high school to give the money to the high school because they're letting the AIDS walk use their parking lot, um, was, to me was just pathetically unbelievable. But Jimmy, you know what I figured out? All the queens that I knew years ago from New Hope, they're all like a hundred now. And even the, the supporters of gay people, they're 100. So we, we lost a whole generation of New Hope gays. They moved to Center City because New Hope was too quiet for them. And two of the bars burned down mysteriously, but they burned down. And now the Raven is the only bar left. And a lot of people don't like that bar. So they've moved to Center City. So we've lost our gay population in New Hope, which New Hope was famous for artists. I mean, even the late Joan Rivers had a house there, and she loved the boys. So that's my thing about the AIDS walk. And compared in New to Hope. when we went to the AIDS walk in New York City, where there was like 50,000 oh people. 50? How about 200,000 people? Whatever. There was like a walk. lot of people. <laughs> I mean, they they made a fortune of money for AIDS, and it was thrilling, and I was so happy to be a part. And of also, it. like when you went there, like when you went to New York City AIDS Walk, at the end of the AIDS Walk, there was all kinds of tables with people who had gay charities and AIDS charities. And no, and, mostly and what like it was that. was donations, like vegetables and food, and all the water was donated from Aqua somebody. So. You got something for the walk. Here it was sad. It was nothing. At the end, and when you get to the end, there was like a chiropractor where you could buy his services or car dealerships where you could buy their cars, yeah, but it wasn't I mean, anything that had that anything to do, to do with, with AIDS? AIDS. What the hell is a chiropractor selling his bones? And there he's got a skeleton, and he's showing the stupid people standing there how to adjust a bone. Why don't you talk about AIDS? Why don't you stand there and tell people, use a condom. If you don't, you can get sick and die. AIDS has not been solved. Everybody out there thinks, oh, I take the cocktail and I'm fine. Baloney. It'll put you into remission. But the AIDS virus is always in your body. And it can. And not everybody works the cocktail. And it can come back at any time and get you instantly. You are living, you are walking time bomb. This is what should be educated, not the stupid chiropractor that he wants to make a Absolutely. buck. Absolutely. It was horrible. It was so totally horrible. I don't even want to get into it anymore because I could scream and then start to curse and I'll lose a bet. Okay. Oh, you lose a Saves himself. How, how much are we betting? I didn't get the bet. Ten bucks? I think oh, I, I lost know. ten. Huh? I said I already lost ten. Okay. <laughs> Who lost ten? I lost ten to you for keeping it clean. Because you did. You haven't cursed in like five I, minutes. I refuse to use vulgarity anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm not that sort of person. I'm clean cut and upstanding. Oh, yes. I'm going to be straight soon, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how do you like that one, Chad? This is going to be something. Well, I'm so wonderful now and so clean cut. I'm so GI and Ivy League. I'm going to be straight and go to these AIDS benefits and throw eggs at these fairies. So there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I, I love my people. I love my brothers and sisters and all my gay family. And I only want to help them. And I've been doing that for the last 35 years. I'm the founder of Have a Heart. I'm proud to say I gave it away. We, we have, have a person guest. coming in. Oh, hello, I hello, Sadie Katz, and welcome hi. to the TV Star Show. Hi. <laughs> I don't Skype that often. I always think it looks crazy, and this is no exception to the rule. You guys look great, though. Thank you. I love your hat. Hat needs a feather. <laughs> it's too here. It Put a plume in there. You got a feather? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> makeup, makeup brush is good, too. I know. I'm hiding that I couldn't find my makeup. So you're getting me barefaced. <laughs> Meanwhile, you look terrific. But, I want you to know. Hello, hello. Okay, everybody. So welcoming to the Jimmy Star right now, we have Sadie Katz for her second time on the Jimmy Star Show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Hi. 
Thank say you for having me. Absolutely. Say hey to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everybody in the chat room. They're talking about how they think you look great, so that's terrific. I think oh, she looks fabulous. A little you. lip gloss, she can go anywhere. I put some <laughs> lip gloss on. So I feel, you know, I have my shirt like this because it's an off-the-shoulder shirt, and I looked completely naked. That's Nothing's okay. We wrong. like that. You know, <laughs> no. Hang on, hang on. Now that we're a very clean-cut show, I we know. don't, we okay. don't curse anymore. We don't do anything Screw that. nasty. Oh, okay. Nothing dirty. No so cursing. kindly, kindly put on a turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> we need a turtleneck here. The one shoulder hanging off is much too suggestive, and the network that complained about our vulgarity will certainly send us a letter and say, "Who was that broad with the hat with the dress hanging off the boot?" No, we like that. Who's, who's that. who's that bitch with the hat? That's right. I can't say that word. <laughs> we don't use that language on this okay, show. You got Stop enough it. Of it. Stop it. That's enough. You'd beat it to death already. <laughs> I'm going to beat you to death in two minutes for giving me that damn letter. So, he so hello, hello, Sadie. Um, you remember me? This is Ron Russell. She remembers me. Now, he wasn't sure who you were, but now that he sees the picture, he knows who you are. I know who, who she are. is. She's one of the people I liked. <laughs> you liked? Didn't I'm I like so you? It was fun. It was great. My hair was long. and in my I face. remember. I remember. The I hat's you. throwing you off. No, I liked you right away. I, I was happy after I found out who you she are. She came on before because she was promoting her movie that she wasn't in, but she produced it or wrote it, Scorned, I right? I remember Scorned. all She wrote it. Yes, I remember. And that was a great movie, by the way. I watched it, and I really enjoyed it a lot. About a crazy girl named Sadie. Yeah, a crazy girl named Sadie. And what she try wasn't she like tr trying to, to create the perfect person or something? No. What was no? Because it was in a, in a, it was a girl from Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, no, yes. She, okay. Her boyfriend cheated on her, and she was getting a revenge. Her boyfriend cheated on her with her best friend, so she was torturing them and getting her revenge and teaching him a lesson of how to be a better boyfriend. Oh yeah, with Anna Lynn McCord. That's it. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was a great film. And I could yeah. do what she did. If Jimmy ever cheated on me, I torture him and the other person to death. <laughs> No, I would. I would put ground glass. I don't know if she knows that we're married. Do you know oh. that we're married? No, I don't know that. I didn't know if you were joking or not. No, we're actually really married. We got married in October of last year in New York, so we're actually the only gay television radio show hosted by a real-life gay married couple. What? Yeah. And if I ever caught Jimmy like cheating... Thank I, you. Hang on. If I ever caught Jimmy cheating, I would put ground glass in his KY job. Whoa! Yes! Yeah, what's I, that, I don't think I like that. <laughs> what's that fabulous gay couple who keep turning on each other and getting back together and they're in fashion? Probably and <laughs> Jimmy and I. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah. yeah um, you know who I'm talking about? Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> You're funny. No, no the Dolce other one. The um, other one. They're in the news all the time, and they but they keep getting back together. What's the and the one. Damn it. She forgot. We'll have to look it up and then they'll tell everybody like next time. I know that Dolce and Gabbana though separated and I thought they were getting back together. So, because uh, that's a real gay married. We well, used to be a married. How couple. long have you guys been together? Uh, two years. A little over two years. Yeah, over two. Wow, years. Did you have a big wedding? No, we we will still want to have a wedding, but we can't. I have a million friends in Florida and California and New York, as does Jimmy. And no matter where we have it, people are going to have to fly in for the wedding. And we don't want to do that because it's a big expense and it's not necessary. You know, it's a little, you know, 200-year-olds getting married. It's not like a young kid. <laughs> no, nobody's wearing... so romantic, though. Yeah, we're going to have one. No, we're gonna, I think what we're going to do is have a, like a couple different parties and have a New York party for the New York friends, have a... 
a California party know. for the California friends and a Florida party for the Florida friends in that way. And, and Jimmy can't wear a Vera Wang because they come in three and sixes, and he's at 12 <laughs> or 14. So there we go. You're funny. Actually, he would be the one wearing the dress. I was just thinking that. You could look better in the dress. You know you would, too. I would be more comfortable in the dress because I wore a dress for 38 years on stage all over the United States when I impersonated the wonderful legend Jane Russell. Okay, hold on. Here's where I'm going to find out what you know. Like, do you know who Jane Russell is? Yes. Okay, good. Way to go. You're gonna. He's going to love you more now because we have a couple of guests when he more. tells them that and they don't know who she is. She was a quiet brunette. Marilyn Monroe was the blonde bombshell. And Jane was the quiet brunette. See, this is how it went. Everybody wanted to take Marilyn Monroe to a motel and have their way with her. But everybody wanted to marry Jane marry Russell. Jane Russell, yes, yes. And come home to her and see her in, a, in, a, in an apron and nothing else. Yes. Well, he it, used to impersonate... He used to impersonate Jane Russell, and she was also one of his best friends. My dearest friend. She left my house and passed away. How sad is that? She left my house. I put her on a plane. They took her off in Tampa. She was in the hospital for a few weeks. She flew home to Santa Maria and then passed away from that conjunctivitis crap. Heart thing. Congestive heart failure. It was yeah, terrible. It was terrible. But anyway, so he impersonated her, and he was really her really good friend. So yeah. it was a really cool thing. Jane and I were buds. Have you ever impersonated anybody else? I did Lainey Kazan once, and I thought after a while it was kind of offensive because I had this big padded suit with these two gigantic boobs. And in the middle of my song, which was Body and Soul, from the top came down like a trapeze. And I lifted my boobs and I laid them on the trapeze <laughs> as to say they were too heavy for me. And as I sang, I walked around with the trapeze and my boobs were swinging from left to right. Lainey is another dear friend of mine. She's coming on. Actually, hold on. Do you know who Lainey Kazan is? You know what? I don't. I'm she's talking. the mom. You would know her. Uh, she's the mom in my big fat Greek wedding. But before oh, that. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. And before yeah. that, she was one of the best jazz singers in the world. Lainey Kazan still can sing. She was right. Barbara Streisand's understudy yeah. in, uh, uh, what was that show? Funny Girl. Funny Girl. Funny Girl. I know Funny Girl very well. Sadie, Sadie, Mary Lady. That's right. That's oh, you. that's you. Meanwhile, Is that where your name comes from? Meanwhile, Sadie, who's, in the, who's cooking around you? Who do you got cooking around? <laughs> <laughs> any, any cute guys you got cooking? You got oh, gosh. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm single right now, which is, which is weird for me because then it means I probably have too many, um, I don't know. It's weird. I'm a Libra. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Libra too. Wait, when's your birthday? Oh, October 13th. October 15th. Oh, we're, see, we're supposed to be in relationships. So people always say, well, give it a break, give it a break, you know, and I, and I'm like, well, I like being in a relationship, but then it, there's so many things. You know what? It, it's now because of the damn internet. The internet ruins dating. Like it, it just ruins it because people have so many options. And then you're in LA and you're a crazy actress, and you know it's just bad. Absolutely. Be so glad that you're married. Although, I mean, I think I I think there's probably nothing better than being a gay man. I have a son, and I swear I used to whisper in his ear all the time, like, "Be gay." Oh, don't do that. <laughs> it's not an easy life. He's like, "Come son. on." Well, it's, it's easier now than it used to be. Well, yes, you think true. so? You think so? I've been gay for quite a while since, like, George Washington was here. <laughs> right. and, and gay in my day was very quiet, very kept right. under, underneath. So, therefore, you weren't abused or as exposed to what you get to ex today. Like Jimmy and I, <clears throat> there's a description. 
Well, we're having a party Saturday night. Guess who's coming? Who? You know, the gay couple, Jimmy and Ron. So now we have a title before our names. Back then, we didn't have that title because no one would mention it. There was privacy in being gay. I loved the gay bars, the sneaking around, the cops trying to arrest us all the time. Us running and Oh, yeah, running and dragged. They put, me in a, they put me in a paddy wagon once. My gown was so skin tight, two cops had to lift me by my elbows and put me in the paddy wagon. Somebody took a picture, and I have it in Lucite, said, Jane Russell really is a man. And then... There I was. It was me. And they knew that I did Jane Russell. So Jane found out about it. And Jane sent me this wonderful picture. And she said, Ron, love, God loves us, Janes. So that's <laughs> the fun. So, you that's know, I worked at a drag queen bar. And I worked at a, a tranny bar. But I which, worked at a drag queen bar in, in L.A., 7969. Okay, I know it. You know, Club Vodka for, for, for years. I mean, they were mostly trannies. They weren't as many drag queens as they were trannies. Drag queens basically are theater people who work on stage. But those bars were tranny girls, and those those guys wanted to be chicks big time. A lot of them were half and half. Big time. Yeah. Listen, she said big time. All hey, right. Well, so let, yeah. Sorry. Let's, we got excited for a second. That's okay. Yeah. Let's go to you a little bit. First of all, um, I'm, we're going to talk about the new movie that we have you on here to promote. But first of all, I want to say congratulations because since we've had you on the show, your IMDb credits have like grown tremendously in the last year uh, or so. Like you have all kinds of movies that are either done or getting ready to come out. And I, I originally thought that you primarily were just doing horror, horror, however horror. You, horror. Mm. How do you say horror movie? Horror. Horror. <laughs> okay. See, everybody. Yeah! <laughs> horror. But actually, I see that you're doing every. I mean, you're doing horror, great horror movies, but you've also got a lot of other cool movies. You have a, a comedy drama coming out under the Hollywood sky, and then you're in the Chavez Cage of Glory movie. So you're actually doing a little bit of everything. Congratulations. Thank you. It's under the um, Hollywood sign. Oh, sign? Okay. I thought it said sky. Okay. I wrote it down wrong. Under the Hollywood sign. Yeah, I have a small part in that, but it's funny, and it's actually going to be at the Catalina Film Festival, and it's good. Very that's, a, that's a good one. It's a good one, huh? They just got it. It's this weekend. I'm glad you brought it up because I wouldn't have said it, but yeah, everyone yeah. says like horror. I didn't know they were still doing Catalina. Yeah, and Catalina's so rad. That's been a while now. They've been doing Catalina. Actually, I, so I, is I that something? Heard it in years. Is that something people can go to? Let's like yeah. let's like yeah. promote it a little it's a bit. Film festival. Okay, so everybody, this weekend, what day is your movie playing? Do you know? Uh, Probably Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> do, do, do you know what theater it's, it's in? Under the Hollywood sign. Um, it's by Owen Wilson, and and uh, ooh, you can look it up on IMDb. IMDb. <laughs> it's under there. I saw it. It's a comedy. It's a drama. And then you have yeah. a bunch of. Uh, then you've it's got the, the Chavez movie, which that did not have a. It came it, out. It had a theatrical in 400 theaters, and um, it just was released. Like, oh, what's today? Like two weeks ago, and I'm the lead in that. I play a very, very sweet wife. It's very. Um, it's, a, it's basically a Mexican Rocky. And Danny Trejo's in it. Yeah, Danny Trejo's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. I've done two movies with him. I I just did another movie with him um, that's still being produced right now. That's awesome. Getting back to the Catalina Film Festival, if it's what I'm thinking it was, it was packed with celebrities years ago. They used to go over on their boats, you know, their yachts and whatever, and they'd go to Catalina and they'd stay at that wonderful hotel. And then that theater that you're talking about, if I'm not mistaken, is down sort of the uh, the road a bit. 
and it was an old theater, if I'm remembering correctly. That's a very big deal for me to hear that you're in the Catalina Film Festival. That's a that's a hurrah hurrah. Unless it's changed, I'm not sure. Tell me. I, well, I I think it's a big deal. Um, it's a very big. It's a very big deal. No, I, I've been know, in California for a while, so I'm not sure on what's going. You know, doing. you never know with these films. But I I think Catalina is a big deal. It's really funny. Whenever you show up, you're always kind of like I um a film I did nipples and palm trees. Like three years later, it just got into Jerome Film Festival in Arizona, and so we went down with the director and his wife, and. You never know with these film festivals if people are going to show up or what the deal is. And it's this film festival underneath the stars in Arizona, totally beautiful. And there were people there that were really fans of the movie and had seen it and were like reciting lines back from the movie. And then sometimes you fly all the way to Kansas City <laughs> and you're really excited to see a film there like I did. And nobody, nobody shows up. Film- and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting okay. in the city and nobody is here. But the uh, film festival itself is very nice. I've actually done that too. I've been, well, not not so much for films as conventions where like I've been flown to conventions to be a guest and then mm-hmm. I go to the convention where you, it has all these huge people and you think it's going to be packed and like nobody shows up and then you go to these conventions, you know, where you think nobody's going to show up and then everybody shows up. And so like I definitely well, know I'm, what you're I'm talking very about. Ac- I'm very active. Not anymore, but I could be again with the Palm Springs Film Festival, which oh. is a really big festival. That's the one you want to be seen in. Everybody's at the Palm Springs Film Festival. It's in the convention convention center, and it's absolutely a wonderful a whole event. Uh, I think it's 35 bucks to get in, and you also get to meet your stars, take pictures with them, get autographed pictures, and then they show all of their movies. Do you do a lot of that yet? Do you go yeah. to conventions and sign autographs for your movies? Well, I'm... I think with Wrong Turn, we're we've been talking about doing that. Um, I, I did a little bit of House of Bad. We talked about doing that, and it just wasn't quite. You know, you don't want to be sitting at the table and no one comes to you. No, I got gotcha. you. Absolutely. You know, and I did. You know, I was gonna do like GlamourCon for for my Cinemax stuff, and then I like chickened out because of that idea. You know. Um, but uh, so, but with wrong turn, I'm, I'm, we've been talking about doing conventions. I know, I know. You there. can't tell us really. Okay, so let's talk about wrong turn a little bit. Yeah. I know you can't tell us about your role so much exactly because it's a big secret. But that you are a, a principal, big person. You're smoking hot in, in it, and. Um, uh, I, I, okay, first I have to say, because like, I'm such a big horror movie fan, right? So my favorite horror. my favorite franchise really is the Saw franchise. I love it a lot. But Wrong Turn is way up there. You know, They had a few wrong turns in the middle there someplace where some of them weren't quite so good. But I love the, the one, I think Wrong Turn, the last one I think had Doug Bradley, who's a good friend of mine in it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I enjoyed that one a lot, and I enjoyed the first two a lot. Uh, I think it was like maybe it was like number three. I was like, ah, this one's not quite so good. But I'm looking forward to this one coming out. The hype for it is very, very good. A lot of people are talking about it. And and as far as franchises go, uh, for like an indie franchise, it's a really good, fun franchise. And those that family that's like killing everybody is awesome. <laughs> you know what's fun about it is like I, I I didn't like I knew of the film I saw like one I I had seen Wrong Turn of course one and then when I got the film I watched all of them and then what I realized the more it, the more I talk about it and the more I went back and saw number five again just for fun because I was watching it with a friend and I was like 
everyone really loves to debate like which one's the worst, which one's the best. <laughs> like it, I mean, they're like this guilty fun pleasure, and um, everyone the fans does are that. Super nice. I mean, but that's what's fun about like this particular franchise and the acting. Like everyone plays it. Like I just saw number five again, and mm -hmm. your friend Doug does a does a damn good job. I mean, he's really kind of doing some like Hannibal Lecter stuff, and everyone just kind of jumps in and stays really committed. And it's it's like it's just a fun franchise. I a friend of mine said, "Yeah, I wasn't going to start watching them, but I couldn't stop." He goes, once well, you watch number three, you're like, well, I got to watch four and five. I got to well, watch. We're, we're doing that right now. Jimmy's never seen Queer as Folk. And now that we have Roku TV, we get yeah. net, we get Netflix. And we went on Netflix. And Taya Gill, by the way, who plays the blonde lesbian, is a very, very close dear friend of mine. And it's so nice to see Taya's work 14 years ago and her work, work today. But we enjoy that show so much that we watch it every single night. Yeah, we've been watching it every night to go through all the seasons. Which, you know, and that and that's a series, you know, thing. And I'm going to go back though to Wrong Turn because I'm going to go back and watch all of them again before the sixth one I'm gonna comes out. I'm what is watch it, them too. What is our date? October what? That we're coming out? It's like the twenty first okay. or something. Yeah, they they've changed it a few times. I, it's supposed to do a um, a red carpet on October fourteenth at the Scarefest. Okay. This is the rumor. And then it's October 21st that it's going to be coming out here. It was rela released in the UK and they really liked it. I had um, at the Fright Fest and people liked it there. So it's already getting some good IMDb stuff. And um, there's been a couple spoilers out, but we've been very good to kind of like squash them. To, well, to like let people, I mean, that's kind of the fun of it. And Anthony Eilat is the male lead in this, and he's very, very good. I mean, this he's such a good actor, and there's a lot of, um, just kind of like a lot of heartthrobs in this movie. And then the other actress, Acrela Zoll, is hot as heck. But, um, you know, if you're looking for, if, if you're interested in hot men, there happens to be an extraordinarily amount of hot men. There we and go. Then, <laughs> that works. I don't like men. <laughs> I'm just saying, if that's your deal, this is one of those nope. horror films that's pretty crazy. What do you think? I'm one of those fairy guys? Get out of here. <laughs> I just say it. I I, honey, one night with me and you'll never, never leave me. <laughs> I'll make such love to you, you'll go on fire. You'll just explode. Hey, 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 you're married. Watch it. No, I just want to say, I just want to, I'm, I'm, just I'm, an, I'm an actor. Think, I can act. Do you think that being, I, I've always wondered this. Do you think if, if like, um, uh, I think if you're a straight woman being with a gay man, I, I, he'd have to be a better lover. Absolutely. Like, it would be dangerous because you would be like, oh, my gosh, like he's saying everything nice to me. And no, 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 it's not that wanted. at all. No, I was no. married. I was married for 16 years. I, I, as a teenage boy, I hung out with all lesbians. I mean, I asked my first lesbian, I got to do this politely. How do you do fellatio on a woman? Okay. And the lesbian got her fist and she went like that and began to do such techniques with her tongue that I never thought a tongue could do. <laughs> sideways up and down, lick, 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 sideways back and forth. I mean, she made that fist spin. Well, I learned. And I did fellatio on my wife, which was Christian and very clean and good because we were married and had two children. And she just always, when I told her I was gay, she said, no way are you gay. No way. She said, 
you know, like you're a real man in bed. I said, you know why, honey? Because I know what it feels like to be in a female position. So I can give that to you because I know where to go, where I know where I like it for me. And that's why lesbians make the best lovers for straight men. Because lesbians can satisfy a straight guy like no straight woman can. Because a woman, straight woman doesn't know what it feels like to be male. That's what I feel. Anyway. What about... <laughs> moving I on. Well, that, that's so... In, I mean, was she upset? Like, was she, was she really angry with she, you? No, she, absolute, she absolutely did not believe it. She said, oh, you always wanted to be gay and crazy and run around with those fairies and stuff. I said, you're right, in dresses too, with wigs. And then she said, oh, you're a cross-dresser. I said, no, I'm not. I'm an actor. And I perform as I did before I married you. I performed as Jane Russell for years. And then when I married you, I gave it up and I became a father and a husband. And I was as straight as an arrow, miserable but straight as an arrow, a liar. Yes, I was pretending to be something I was not. Yes, I, I, I was all the wrong things. Pa she's passed away two years ago. She smoked herself to death and drank herself to death. So she really didn't have much conscience time <laughs> to, uh. to remember that I was gay. Between puffing and drinking, she just went away in other world. But anyway, my, my moral is if you're straight, get married. If you're gay, please be gay. You have no idea what torture it is to make believe you're straight, to have to perform as a straight man when you want to feel another man in your arms. It's torture. Don't, don't kid yourself and don't kid the world. I mean, George Clooney, now they're writing about he's straight, he's gay. I really don't give a shit. You know, oops. <laughs> uh, a jar. a quarter in the jar. In the jar. Anyway, okay, hold on. I want to go back because we have to go back to this other stuff. So, so first of all, Chad, we're gonna play. We, I want to play the Wrong Turn Six teaser trailer real quick. We got that ready, almost. Roger that. Okay, so Sandy, hang on. We're gonna just play this teaser, but you introduced it. It's only like a minute long for everybody to hear it, and then the people who watch us on Roku will see the actual trailer on TV. Oh. So go ahead and introduce it, and Chad's gonna play it. I. This is. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm an actress. I need lines. This is Wrong Turn Six. <laughs> I know the what you're saying. Story. I know what you're saying. Play it. Play that bitch. Are we off? Wow, that was a teaser. Yeah, it wasn't wow. a teaser. They don't want to like give anything up. <laughs> it's a up. short teaser. So too. that's wrong turn six, you guys. It's called the last last resort. Sadie's in it. We don't know what she does in it, but I hear it's a big role. But they can't talk about it because they're keeping this thing totally under wraps. It's coming out, I think, October twenty first, if I'm not mistaken. But somewhere around there, you guys will be able to get it. And um, one thing that's really cool about the wrong term wrong turn films is if you like the uh if you like the real like violent stuff where you see like people really like getting terrible things done to them which ron doesn't like but i like, I that. like that it's stuff. like torture porn i freaking no, love it no i like hugs and kisses and licks and kisses and they do they softness. lick it they they like cut your arm off and no, then they no, lick no, it no, 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 no. That, that, that's <laughs> all sadistic it. shit that's <laughs> Sadistic stuff that people enjoy I because like they're, love they're it. weird. I watch your movie because you're in it. You know, I watch a lot of films with my friends in it, and I hate the film. 
Of course, I don't tell them that. But um, I just watch to see your work. I'm interested in your work, not necessarily your movie. Because if your work is improving and getting better, I get happy. You know, our work always gets better. You know that. I oh, mean, I wanna... think each, each film you go like, oh, oh yeah. yes, oh. Yeah. I, I had a lot of oh moments. We filmed in Bulgaria. You know? That's fun. That's fun right there. That was great. So, you know. How long like, of a shoot is a film like that? How long is a shoot for a, a film like that? Like three weeks. We were that's in what Bulgaria. I thought. And, oh, that's fun. And, you that, know, that most I would of like. the actors are, are from London. Uh, most of the actors were from London and were doing theater in the West End and were just coming out of like theater school. So they were really trained actors, like ready to go. So, um, which isn't always what you get in LA. Not that not that you don't get good actors in LA, but they really cast some some great actors. And Frank Whitworth is the writer, and he wrote this script that's kind of wacky and different. And then we had. Um, you know, I, but I mean, it, it, we would we would walk into the trailer and there'd be like body parts. And depth I love that. But do you do you yeah. feel that English actors have a lot more depth than an American, possibly California actor? I do. I think English people, when they get into a role, they give it a dimension that we sort of fluff over it. What do you think? Well, I don't think that's fair <laughs> entirely, um, because. Uh, like I studied, I studied Meisner. Um, I'm into Eric Morris, so mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm really into acting. Like I'm. So you're into, an in-depth actor. Well, I would say that I get really obsessively crazy. That's good. Um, I would say that people in, I would say people in in London and Europe and everything are more in-depth of people. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you get people in L.A., it, it's not that you don't have great actors in L.A., but you have some people who came and they were like the prom queen and they mm -hmm. came down to Los Angeles and right. they're 23 and they haven't lived or and they've never been out of the country. Right. So, and usually they're somebody's kid. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, you can only, to me, like, you have to have a little bit of evil in you to play evil. <laughs> you well, know, is that a hint? Is that a hint, that, a hint no, that you're evil true. in this one? Hang on, hang on. Like, oh, she's not going to be able to say now. No, though. Don't. <laughs> work, I'm work just saying. It. Okay. The thing work is, you know, by. to be sexy, you know, to be sexy, to watch an actor be sexy, mm. they have to feel. They have sexy. to like sex. I mean, and they oh. have to be able to put it out there, and they, you oh. know. I love it. Know. So. So go back. Okay, so now there's six of the films. Take your film out because you can't vote on your own film. So out of the other five, which ones did you like the best? Well, I can't say number one because I think that's a cop-out and not fair. So and I have to say, you know, I just saw number five again, and I actually for a while didn't like number five. And then when I watched it again, I was like, you know, the girl playing the cop's pretty good. I really... The ending of number five is so freaking disturbing. I was like, like just sickened. Like they can't do that. That's not okay. It's not okay. I, 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 I'm spoiling the ending, but you know, the, she's no, don't, don't. No, that's a different one. Of number five, you know, yeah, she's, no. she's okay, got eyes out and she's wandering, you know, I mean, these are the only films at least one through five. We don't know this for number six where the bad guys always win. Right. So number five, I think has a lot of great moments. Me too. And I help. I 
I, I mean, I, I get what you say about number one. So you can't pick no if you don't pick number one, which by the way, like, is phenomenal. Number one is really, really yeah. good. Number five is my next favorite one, but I do like the opening scene of number two when Kimberly Caldwell, who was like an American Idol finalist, is at the beginning, yeah. and she and then she gets cut like right down the middle in half at the beginning. I was like, oh my god, that is so cool! And and what she's is like, so a, cool about and she was on and she's a TV in. guide host. Don't you think this makes people that watch it a little crazy? No, it's a horror movie. Yeah. It's not why real. Do you, why do you want to watch a woman get cut in half? Because it was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> How about I cut you? Because it does. How awesome it is. It's it's not real. It's like I know, but fantasy. it's fantasy. It's spooky. I like that spooky, spooky. I'm so excited that Halloween is coming, and like I, all the cool toys and everything come out at Halloween. Like I can't wait for all the horror movies and we, everything. We've coming gone out. to about a thousand spirit Halloweens, and all he does is run around stepping on all the pedals, and, <laughs> <laughs> and all these monsters jump out. And he said, "I want that one, that one." I said, "What the hell oh, are going to put do it? Do you know that I'm actually terrified to go to like not." scary farm or like amusement parks i can't go through a haunted house like i'm literally i mean i've gotten more into horror films throughout the years but i mean i'm a very bad chicken i sleep with the lights on okay. um, i've paid 50 dollars to go through like a corn maze and someone came out as leather uh, face from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I can't watch because I I can't handle it. And I can't I'm either. Screaming and crying. It's so great though. So I mean, like, it, surprisingly, I think the wrong turn fans or you know wrong turners are um, really sweet. I think they really understand the fantasy of it because you have the three bad guys. So it's it's a little bit different. There's something a little cartoony about it. Yes. Um, yes. It's more of a cartoon than other like horror. A, like a comic book, a comic book. Actually, too, the Wrong Turn films, like the bad guys in Wrong <laughs> Turn, uh, like it's one of the only franchises who I don't actually know who the people are under the masks or under the whatever, the, under all the prosthetics. Like, you know, like I was a celebrity clothing designer for many years, so I'm really good friends with like Doug Bradley and Clive Barker and like uh, Danielle Harris and all the like iconic people in horror. Well, I'm friends with all of them and and uh, and even all the people behind all the masks. And actually, Wrong Turn is the only film I don't know who the people are behind the masks. Do you want to hear a juicy story about this? Yeah. Can I give you an exclusive? Yeah, I love exclusives. Um, well, what's really funny? I think it's an exclusive. I don't think I've said this. What's really super funny is is they didn't. Um, they never talked. In, like, and mind you, we're filming 12, 14, 15 hours. They never broke character. They were so scary. So this was going on for, you know, like two weeks that I was like, they never, ever stopped being, you know, their character. They never, they never left character. Never broke character. And then one day I see this really handsome guy. I'm smoking a cigarette outside because in Bulgaria, everyone smokes. It's just the way it is. And I see this super handsome guy. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> He's one of the guys. And I start, and everybody, there's like 50 crew members around. And I mean, I've done scenes with this guy. I won't say who it is, because I'll give it away. But where we were nose to nose, and I could see his eyes. And there was something so sexy about, like, there was some weird sexual tension between us. And I couldn't figure it out. And I was like you know, screaming in his face and this guy playing this character. And then a couple of weeks later, I just happened to go, 
who is that super handsome guy? And everyone starts laughing. I start chasing him and he's one of the three baddies <laughs> pointing into his trailer. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I see the three of them, gorgeous men. Gorgeous. I'm not supposed to say that, I'm sure, but really okay. good looking men. Who, I love it. If, if you, who, were making, you would you never were making, know. If you were making a horror movie in 1964, I did one with Vincent Price and it was called, I think, Lunch or Dinner at Mummies, like a mummy. And Vincent Price, of course, was the head Dracula and I was a sort of a weird dead body vampire along with Vanessa Parker and a bunch of other people and we're all running down Hollywood Boulevard well of course they're coming for the close shot and there's Vinnie Price Vincent Price with blood on him cut stop we can't do it we can't use the shot and everybody's saying why can't we use the shot they had more than two ounces of blood on him would you believe that the code the code Vincent Price. Yeah, had, back in the day they did. This is 1963. Vincent Price had more than two ounces of blood coming from his face down his tuxedo. Ah. So we had to we had a cut shot. We had to get him in the trailer. We had to clean him up, make sure it was two ounces of blood. Go back up on Hollywood Boulevard, run down like a bunch of idiots, a hundred degree weather. And when we got to the, I can't say what Vincent Price said because now a curse. Oh, it's gonna ruin the story. <laughs> Go ahead. Does it have an F word? Oh, it's got a lot of F words. It's okay, got a couple of it. M words, a couple of... I mean, Vincent Price was a cool guy, but he could curse. <laughs> he was a good friend with Jane Russell. That's how I got the job. But uh, Vinny, could, Vinny Price could really curse. You know who Vincent Price is? Of course. of course. He's like the king of horror. But could you imagine back in 63, they stopped the shoot because he had more blood on yeah, him? Yeah, not any of these wrong term movies, baby. They got blood all over oh, the place. Not any that. They got guts, body parts, heads rolling. I off. can't yes. wait for it to come. Uh, so here's what we got to do. First of all, everybody should follow Sadie Katz on Twitter. She's it's at, is it Sadie Katz or Sadie underscore Katz? Sadie underscore Katz. So follow at Sadie, S-A-D-I-E underscore Katz on Twitter. K-A-T-Z, yes. Um, and then yeah. Facebook. Facebook is facebook.com slash Sadie Katz. Yes. Making it easy. And Instagram is, um, next time I'll have makeup on that I see you guys. Hopefully. That's okay. No, no, just lip gloss. I love you the way you look. And I think you look uh, fabulous. No, Everybody in the chat room does no, too. If she had lip gloss, her mouth would sparkle and make her sexier. But other than that, you don't need any makeup. Yeah, you look beautiful, stick by the feather, way. Stick a feather okay. in the hat, you can go anywhere. So here's, hold on, hold on. We have to also, we want to uh, we want to tell everybody then, Wrong Turn 6, it comes out October 21st. Go and get yes. it. It'll be, it'll be at Best Buy for sure. I always go to Best Buy to get and, stuff. And I'm going to watch all eight of them if I could do Six. it. Six. with yes. Jimmy. And then I'm going to tell you what I think about these movies because, you know, I don't really like them. But I'm going to tell you what I think about her performance. Yeah, she's going to be fabulous. Which I know is going to be fabulous. Just by talking to her, I see the personality she's got. She roars. Actually, she it's a lot out. more fun having you come on by yourself because last time you were on it with two people, it was like with your co-writer or your co-director or Mark something. Jones. But yeah, she's a great yeah. guy and he's nice and fun. But like it's, having you one-on-one -on -one has been way more fun. I've enjoyed it immensely. And I know a director. I'm telling him, telling him right away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a director can really get out of you what I think he wants. I think you work well with a director. Do you? Well, I, I do love, I, you know what? That's my favorite relationship because I came from theater. And so I have this thing, which I actually really got to have during Wrong Turn, um, where I feel like the second, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of needy in that way. Um, the second they say cut, I'll look right at the actor, at the director, and make eye contact, and be to like, "See if he approves." Larry, how are we feeling? Like, are, you know, you. I feel like that's the most important thing. Is like, am I telling the story 
for you the way you want it. Right. Um, I used to direct theater, and I think that there's kind of something um, magical when when the director you get a, a smirk out of him, or he gives you a little thumbs up. And you go okay, because I like to take a lot of kind of crazy risk, and sometimes Valeria. I do too. I do too. So, no, you know. Yes. Well, my 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 director yeah. always tells me after we do a shot, he'd say, "Ron, what was that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say, yeah. my interpretation of what you want. And he'd say, but that's not how it goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. The right, well, hold on. So my, the, mo the model, the, the, the mo yeah. don't be like that is what I'm saying. There yeah. you go. So here's what we got to do. First of all, give a shout out to, real quick, Sadie's, uh, our Hollywood vixen, Deirdre Strago, told us to say hi because she comes yeah. on the second half of and the she show. Wants to say hi I think you. she was on the last time with you. So she says hello. And, hi. Uh, we want to thank Clint Morris from October Coast and Publishing for setting this interview up. And you guys should follow October Coast and Publishing at October Gang on Twitter. Again, follow at Sadie underscore Katz. Good luck with all your projects and good luck this weekend at the Catalina Film Festival. Yes, enjoy and, that. Um, we want to thank you for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. Thank and you come so on back much. and tell us. Thank you. And bye. Come, come back and bye. tell us. Come back and tell us about Catalina. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye, bye. Bye, bye. She looks fabulous. Yeah, she didn't even need any makeup. She looks fabulous. So. I'm going to put a feather in that hat, some lip gloss and earrings. She could have gone anywhere. So we want to, uh, before we go to our music break, we want to like thank our radio syndicates, W4CY Radio, with the greatest sound engineer on the planet, Mr. Chad Murphy. What's up, Chad? Woo-hoo! <laughs> it's all good. Thank you, baby. WROM uh, radio, radio in Detroit. Planet Radio Network in New York, L.A., Ontario, and London. Monster FM Radio in New York. WBAD.net, that's in Washington, D.C. Jackalope Radio in Kansas City. The 76th Street Network in Omaha, Nebraska. And K4HD Radio in Los Angeles. You can also get us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. And then we want to thank our TV syndicates, LGBTQ TV and Roku Television. And soon we're going to be on Apple and Google TV. Yay. Wow. And now what we're going to do, you guys, there's an awesome new British band. Their name is Kin. Um, they have a brand new single. It's called Home Sweet Home. The video just came out. Uh, the, the single actually is available October 14th in stores. Um, they're kind of like a modern-day new Black Eyed Peas. They're super great, and they have a, their name is Kin, and they have a great story because uh, they were like raised together like in foster care. And so uh, that's why their name is Kin, you know, family. And, yeah, I know. and uh, the name of the song is Home Sweet Home. Chad, we ready to roll it? Let's do it. All right, everybody, here's Home Sweet Home by Ken. We're together, whatever weather, whatever town. There is no space like a place we are heading for.
everybody they're freaking awesome i love 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 that song coming out it october so 14th good. everybody can get it it's really great and, and now and deirdre you weren't introduced yet so keep your mouth shut okay no. so what? now we're gonna be like you now, now we're gonna- Ow, i don't care <laughs> no whatever they all know me i'm gonna sit here and talk now <laughs> what's up everybody let's welcome our hollywood vixen the, the apple doesn't deirdre fall Sarega. far from the tree no, no. Our Hollywood sure. fiction, Deirdre Serego. Hello, hello, hello. Yay hey, for Deirdre. <laughs> hey, Yous. What are you doing? Weez is good. No, okay, I'm say horror. Horror. Okay, see, she's, horror. she's from wherever horror. you're from. Horror, horror New films. Yorker. The horror films. We so she's pronou- saying you're looking beautiful today. <gasps> Thank you, we, pronou- we pronounce it properly Thank because when you speak theater. theater say hi to Chad. When you, oh, go, oh, to hi, theater, sexy Chad. When Hello, you go to theater in New York, you hear what is called proper theater speech. And they all speak like we do. Not with the accent. Well, we they don't say horror. They probably say horror. No, they say horror. 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 It's a horror. Horror. It's like horror. mirror. I say mirror. Okay, let's, I'm, I'm done with the <laughs> horror <laughs> thing. We're going to be debating this for the next month because yes, Halloween's coming and it's like my favorite time know, of year. Too. <laughs> I love that laugh. They're all crazy. He's got the crazy killer clown laugh, and I have the crazy witch laugh. It's great. We need to do voiceovers. Let's hear yours. What the heck was that? Mm. Chad, give us a laugh. Sounds like a squeaky bed there, Ronnie. I'd go. 
There you go. That's a good one, Chad. Listen, good one. Chad, we, like Chad we don't do that on this show anymore. Keep it clean. <laughs> Sorry. No insinuendos. Insinuendos. Isn't that a nice That's word? That's a cute word. Don't you love that it's word? Very, it's very Spanish. Insinuendos. Insinuendos. It's very insinuendos. I like that. It's very claro. insinuendos. They want to know what we're going to be for Halloween. I could have said insinuous. What is, they want They want to know what you're going to be for Halloween. I am going to be... I don't know yet be, for me. I am I going to be either. a 30-year-old magnificent Jane Russell. Ooh. And I have the talent and the makeup and the elastic to do it. <laughs> I'm going to be Ted. The prosthetics for it. You're going to be Ted. But I don't know what I'm going to be. Um, I don't know. I love Ted. I don't know what I'm Last year be. for my birthday, I got a Ted that talks. Yes, you did. I remember that. You were so excited. And he could never like, be on this show. I like love it. was like a child on Christmas. <laughs> Actually, on Christmas, Wait. I got a three-foot Batman and a yes, three-foot Darth Vader. <laughs> Jimmy and I went shopping the other day, oh, yeah. and we're walking through the stores, and he said, now, this is a hint. This could be a birthday present. It's a great big Godzilla. Oh, of course. It's naturally. like a three-foot Godzilla. Well, that can go with the, with the six-foot killer Jason that has no, a machete that I'm goes I'm not finished. Like this, then we go, to, we, we go to this Halloween store. Won't use the name again. And uh, there's a doll. It's fabulous. It's like five feet tall. And it plays music. And it dances and spins. And its eyes light up. It's only three feet tall. And its arms are... So I made mine better. Okay. Don't you have to knock down my story? <laughs> and it's got its arm like, like this, and it goes like this. She Aww. sings, and she, her I eyes light up. And she hums. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. My favorite oh, is the creepy, creepy girl in the swing. Yes. And she's Remember like, her? Yeah, they Remember had that, her? too. <laughs> she's like this dead zombie girl. I love Halloween. And she swings. I love I It's like, I, since they're not paying us, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna say the name of the store that I love to go to. But like all these Halloween stores that pop up at Halloween, I, I, I love them. I said it earlier, so they'll know it from earlier. But seriously, folks, you know we cannot give plugs out to anybody unless they're our sponsor. There you go. But we can't wait go. for so this. So sponsor us, and we can plug you. That's right. Yes. So what's going oh, that on? That sounds really good. What's we going on? Anything? Plug you. Anything going on that we need to know about? Um, nothing really super exciting. Just little, little, little tidbits of little ploppy plop information slash gossip. First of news. all, let me ask you a question. Sure. All over the newsstands now is this inquirer saying George Clooney. Inquirer, please. Wait, excuse me. This is how. Shut that down. Wait, right actually, now. it was on Us quiet, magazine. Quiet, really? quiet. It said George Clooney. Cheating on wife with prostitutes. And the truth about, is George Clooney gay? They're not even married yet, Wait a minute. Of all, you one. open up a magazine and it's saying how he's a whoremaster and he's been with all these broads and that he's not gay. Hello, I was married 16 years. Was I gay? I mean, what is this baloney that America's going to eat because you go with hookers, you're not no, gay? No, people, you know what it is? Oh, that's, that's like a awful. thing that sits at the cash register. It's a, it's like a last minute Times item. It's like that, that little last called? minute item, though, that they try to get you to buy something at the very end, and that's why But who cares there. about George Clooney? We know, love him. We love him as an actor. I know, but we you don't, don't care if he's gay. Like, we don't care if he's straight. I don't care if George Clooney goes you got to think about people who don't have, like, exciting lives who never do anything. I don't care if he goes with aliens. I don't care. people that wear leggings and Christmas sweaters. When George <laughs> I love you guys, by the way. I'm not really making. I'm laughing with you, not at you. When George, but I love those. When people. George Clooney, I love their sweaters. They're when so George cute. Clooney knocks on my door with an erection and wants to see me, then I'll tell you whether he's gay or then not. Then you could say he's. Until he's that day, he. I don't know what he is, and I don't really care what he is. I love him. I think he's a brilliant actor, and I'm so happy that he's married. And I hope he's happy too. Yes. 
And screw you, Inquirer. I don't think, you, yet, I don't think well, the Inquirer really is I not mean, right yet. He's away, almost getting married. Meanwhile, with... she's wearing uh, Giorgio Armani. That's going to be her designer for her wedding gown. Actually, people in the chat room are saying if George Clooney's gay, they'll turn gay too, though, because they like like him. Blame them, right? The rumors have been out. I was a guy. Go gay for the rumors. Gay for Clooney. The rumors about George Clooney have been around forever. I've heard them. I know people that discussed it. I talked with Kay Ballard, who's a dear, dear friend of his. She was with him when he was growing up because she was good friends with Rosemary Clooney, his aunt. And I said to Kay, excuse me, at lunch, I said, Kay, do you think George Clooney's gay? She said, no way. She's, I know him since he's a teenage boy. He's the furthest thing from gay. So that's what I got from Kay Ballard, and I believe Kay. Well, I don't believe George is, is oh, gay. Who cares? Who Cindy cares? Lady but like Cindy Lady like says she's wearing a Christmas sweater and leggings for Halloween. Oh, excellent! <laughs> you have to take a picture of that. Please send it to us. Yeah, I we'll, love we'll it. post it. I love that. I should do that too. But you have to wear Christmas earrings. Too. In fact, everyone in the Little in the chat room, why don't bows. you dress also? And you guys yeah. can all dress shoot up us too. your picture, and you'll be on television. There you go. My camera's not there anymore. Where'd it go? Over, it's there. over there. Oh, I got to follow the no, crotch. Because, no, because now it's my <clears throat> turn for the camera. Oh, okay. I have to yeah, follow sorry, the crotch. I'm sorry. You have to share the could, camera. Could we show your crotch again so I can Woo! know where we are? <laughs> well, he's German and Italian. We got so. such a gorgeous. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Hold anyway, on. let me talk back. about these celebrities. Yes, to go. Well, Jennifer Lawrence is definitely with, obviously, Chris Martin. She was just seen with, um, with Chris at the iHeart radio concert where Coldplay was playing in Vegas. And uh, apparently when they introduced Coldplay, she went like this with her heart. Like, oh, my boyfriend is on screen. Yeah. And they were all saying how beautiful she looked, which she actually did. She had very she cute high-waisted jeans on, which I was so happy to see her rocking high-waisted jeans because I love high-waisted jeans and like a cute little beaded um, little crop top. And she had her hair on. I love Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And don't forget the next edition of Hunger Games is coming out like in November. In, yeah. Very, very soon. Yeah, I can't I wait. Now, now who's her heart top? Uh, Chris Martin from Who's Coldplay. Uh, it's what Gwyneth Paltrow's ex-husband. Oh, He's they really get her. Hollywood hasn't changed. No, they it? all interchange. It's like, you know, you know I mean, everybody Paltrow is. is right? huh? you know I, six of degrees I know of separation Gwen- of, a, of, I, of a Hollywood celebrity. I know, I know, Gwyneth, I know Gwyneth Paltrow's mother been very with somebody well. who's been with somebody. You know, but, her mother's an actress. Yeah, Blythe yeah. Danner. Blank. I know her. Chris and Bruce Jenner are officially getting divorced. They both filed at the same time with the same terms and demands isn't and, that and he ran and what's up, the, what, wait, I wonder wait, what wait, the, hold the, it. I don't know they haven't released it. there's he 60 million to, he ran to Divi he ran up, up that's and, all they have is 60 well, million allegedly hold it he ran up and down Madison Avenue grabbing every designer high heel dress underwear and brazier because <laughs> now he's making his trousseau uh, well he needs 30 million just for his woman's wardrobe no, yeah but you know that's funny because like, his ugly face because like they oh, made that, that keeping up with the Kardashians made 130 something million like I think in one year and so like she should have more money than that that maybe it was it six hundred million or sixty million? Might be six hundred million. I wonder if she gave any money. Well, to actually, AIDS. well don't forget all the kids she should have, have. Don't forget all the kids get a lot of that yeah, money. Yeah, they too, get so all maybe all they all have sixty million. Okay. And the big talk is Sarah Jessica Parker's dress at the New York City Ballet. I didn't really like it. It was very sixties, seventies style. That's who she is. It, yeah, I just didn't like it. I, I just, I mean, it was a pretty. Maybe She's it was totally beautiful retro. in real life. She's totally retro. Yeah, the retro thing didn't bother me, but it was like a mint green, which I liked. But right down the middle, all the way down from from the, it was like a crew neck, all the way down to the bottom was a stripe of this like design. I don't want to say an Indian design because it really kind of wasn't an Indian design, but um, and it. Was it's a mint green, and it look from what it looks like in the pictures, it looks like it's a it's a top and a skirt. It's like an it's like a, a queen really Queen just, Anne thing. Just 
didn't really like yeah, it. It's a, it's a takeoff. Do we like? Do you in. like Sarah Jessica Parker? I love Sarah Jessica Parker. I, think I she's do. Do you like Sarah Jessica Parker? I adore her. Chad, do you like Sarah Jessica Parker? Hmm. Do you know who she is? Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll give her like a C plus. <gasps> okay, yeah. I like her. I am I dying. Her. There's two people I want to meet. I love Dr- I want to meet. I want to meet Fran Drescher and Sarah Jessica Parker. Those are the two celebrities that I really want to meet. And I'm, I don't think I'll ever will. Now that Franny married that Indian zillionaire. Oh, yeah. She's going to be. I would like love to meet Sarah Jessica Parker, though. I bet she's nice. I would love to sit she's down and have sweet. tea or coffee with her or like have lunch with her. Like she's a girl I would just <clears> like to sit and just chit chat with. She seems intelligent. She seems like she has a lot to say. She seems interesting. I would really. Well, I got, and Sex in the City is a great, great show. I, I got the inside show. dirt on Sarah. <laughs> My good friend, Tommy <laughs> Femia, who will be on our show on uh, Halloween, he impersonates Judy Garland. And Tommy Femia and Sarah Jessica Parker are best friends, oh, dear dear pegs, friends. Yes. And Tommy said to me, she's an absolute delight. Yeah, that's what I've heard from a she's lot of people. She's lovely. She's soft. Really she's nice. gentle. She did this movie at a, as a kid with her, and I think it had Shannon Doherty, and they were like these dancers. No, it was her and Helen, not Helen Hunt. Um, oh, one of those blondes. One of the blondes. Yeah, what was her no, name? No, I think it was Helen was it, Hunt. Was it Helen Hunt? And I thought Shannon Doherty was, was in it, it was, too, no. no? Oh, yes, she was. Shannon Doherty yeah, played, all three of them. played her boyfriend's little sister. It's called Girls Just Want to Have yeah, Fun. Yeah, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I own it on DVD because <laughs> I love it. Oh, it was great. And she had to sneak out of her house and she goes down the, the uh, tree to go to her uh, yeah, to the, go dance the dance competition. Thing. And then she actually gets in it and she wins. And then the fire or the father puts in like an alarm system and she can't she, get out she anymore. She can't get out of the house. Oh, I love it. It was like, oh, God, it was so good. I love that. And I loved her in Spare I wonder if straight too. guys watch. Do straight guys watch? Uh, girls just want to have fun. I don't think no, so. No, no, not girls just want to have oh. fun. What about what's the other one? What's the actual thing she's famous for? Now I forgot Square the name pegs? of it. No, no, no. The the TV show, the, the fashion Sex show. In the Sex City. in the City. Oh, Sex in the City. Oh, like I I never um, saw the TV series. I only saw the two movies. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. All my gay guy friends. Chad, do you watch Sex in the City? No, I've watched a few episodes. He's watched a few <laughs> well, episodes. They, they call it. They call it a chick show okay glenn our, our fabulous our, cameraman watches a couple episodes ron you've well, watched a ton so of them right know. so that's probably like I a have, good gay I indicator i have watched every one of them over and over again i love them. and i enjoy them each and every one because their performances are fabulous those four girls know how to yeah, do it pull really it together do. and make it work i only wish they'd come out with a three I enjoyed two. Most people didn't. They did didn't. come out with three, didn't no, they? No, they didn't. They no, only did no, two. only two? Well, I they, thought the first one, though, was way better the than the second one. The first one was the best one. You know one. what? I enjoy... The Moroccan one uh, listen, was... Listen, I don't judge I them. watch a third, I don't though. judge them. I enjoy them. And if they did a third, I would enjoy Oh, I'd go it. see it, too. Yeah, me too. I would see it in a So, heartbeat. Sarah Jessica, if you're listening or your friends are listening... Or any of the producers Make or a writers. three. You know what it is? I think this. Actually, a, instead a, of that, no. come on the Jimmy Star show. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, I think, hey, let's plead to you in person to please do a third no, one. I, re- I read somewhere that what's her name was a little difficult. Cottrell. Uh, I heard that she Cattrall. was contractually a little difficult. Kim that they, they did offer a third. I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, I worked in a movie theater in high school. And one of the movies we had was Porky's. And I'm pretty sure she was like the, <gasps> the sex Porky's. object in Porky's, wasn't she? Wasn't she like the girl oh, who was Kim? always having soak? Kim oh, sex? She was, yeah. I, yeah, she I was in Porky's showing her boobs and everything, and she was I like the... I know that penis! Yes. That was the best. <laughs> I know that penis! Yes, everybody says she was. <laughs> that was the best. I love that. Yep, she was in oh, Porky's. So I when I was a kid, that. I was in high school, I worked at the movie theater, and and you know how we used to make extra money wait, at the wait, movie theater? Wait, wait, what did you do wait. at the movie theater? Huh? <laughs> 
Huh? I, I took the tickets and I worked behind the concession counter. Did you work with a flashlight and tell us to shut up when we made too much no. noise? Because I would beat you. If you know you what did. I did though? It was back in the day when movie theaters only had one theater, you know, and not like oh we go now when there's yep. 20 theaters. Yep. And and we were all poor and we only made like minimum wage. So what we would do to make extra money is after people would buy their popcorns and stuff and drinks, we would go into the, the movie theater when we had to clean it up. And then we would find the cleanest containers and resell them again because you had to do the inventory and like they counted it all by cups so you could resell a cup a bunch of times to make money and we would make like $20 a day oh, reselling dirty cups thief. and popcorn things. Oh, <laughs> when people like wipe their, their And then we their would buy pizza. It was awesome. When I went to the movies when I was a kid, <laughs> I, love it. I, went, I, went to the, I went to the Astoria Theater on Steinway Street. I think, we have an, I think our guests might be starting to come Anyway, oh. they used to throw food and things at the screen so when you went to the movies there were holes in the screen and when the usher used to come down with the flashlight and say knock it off you kids or i'm throwing you out they throw bottles of no, i mean containers of coke uh, okay hang food. on hang on hang on hello hello sander hello we can't see you are you calling on video skype oh geez you know oh wait maybe it's gonna uh, chad you can just what turn on you just, turn, just turn on video Xander. hit the little oh. button that says video and see if it comes video, on yeah Oh, now I just turned off the little button that says video. Hmm. Okay, oh, hold on. Oh, wait. Oh, there, I, there you go. go. Oh, there you are. Mr. Handsome. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Now we can see you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm, I'm technologically challenged, as you may have gathered, uh, so this is like a big undertaking for me. That's okay. We appreciate Excellent it. Job. Let me introduce you to everybody, starting out with our cool, outrageous man about town, Mr. Ron Russell. Don't worry about it. I'm also handicapped <laughs> when it comes to this. And, you know, we go out to 18 million people, so you really want to do it right. And you get a little nervous when you're working with things like Skype. Who ever heard of Skype? <laughs> you know, the, the only thing I ever heard of when I was a kid was those binoculars you look through when you see film. <laughs> you know, those little pictures. So and then, here we are. Then we've got our, our Hollywood vixen, Deirdre Serego. Hello. How are you? Hello, man about town. Hello, Hollywood vixen. Then we got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. He's in Florida. Xander, it's finally good to have some talent on the show. No. Oh, Jeez. Oh, we, are, we have a lot of talent, Chad. <laughs> now, come on, Chad. Chad, I'm Jimmy Starr, we want to welcome you to the show. And before we get started, say hello to everybody in the chat room. Hello to everybody in the chat room. There you go. So, so let From me. From my living room to your chat room. Yeah, that works perfect. <laughs> um, so, first of all, let's work out the thing of how we pronounce your name. It's Sander, right? Well, it's Xander. Like Xander. More Z. Xerox, xylophone, all the other popular X words. Okay. Because, you know, like I went on YouTube looking for stuff for you, and there's actually a tutorial on how to say your name right, but I don't think they say it right. <laughs> well, so much for tutorials. Yeah. And I thought that was just fun in general that you have like a 30-second tutorial somebody put together on saying your name. And I swear to God, I thought they said Sander, so I think it's like You're kidding. Wrong. They really did that? <laughs> yeah, they really did that. That's, yeah. a so wow. we wanna, That's good publicity. We want to welcome you to the Jimmy Star Show. Excited to have you here and um, uh, want to talk about all kinds of cool things that you do. So where in California do you live? I live in the hills of Hollywood. There you go. That yeah, works. Anyways. And you have, a, you have a new TV show, Salem. Oh, what's he going to get? Are you going to get something that we can see? The thing that's distracting me in the background, it was my old Chinese headrest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's not even what it was. I don't know what's bothering me. Uh, you know, I, I look at things visually. I'm not looking at myself. I'm looking at uh, the, the things behind me. Um, 
Is it all right from your point of view? Yes. Yeah. You look terrific. Yeah, you look fabulous. Um, yeah, I got a few things going. Salem is an odd one because uh, I'm good friends with the guy that created the show, and they left it very much in a cliffhanger to accommodate me to a certain extent um, because I want them to have uh, come up with a great enough storyline to warrant being away from my my small children. I have two daughters, and um, and I have to. It has to be an interesting enough storyline to to justify their paying me as much as they will be paying me if I go back. And so it's a, a dialogue that's taking place. That's nice. And it's, it's nice good. to be in a position to be able to do that. I haven't actually seen the show. I watched a I bunch have. of clips, but I she watches it. it. I did. I watched the first season when I was in New Orleans shooting, and I loved it. I, I yeah. hope you come back, and I hope the show comes back for a second series. See well, it's, they picked it up after like the, the second or the third episode aired because it <laughs> so outperformed their expectations. Brand new. WGN was being rebranded by Fox 21 and FX in this uh, new original content uh, thing for cable, and uh, Manhattan was their second show, and they they didn't know how they would go about finding their audience, and they're they're sort of finding their way as they all do when they start out, and it's uh, it was a lot of fun working on it, and I'd, I'd be happy to go back, but uh, there's a lot of other things that are going on, starting this week and so I'm, I'm very uh, luckily too busy to think about it until they make up their minds. Which is nice. It's nice to have that, that option to, to be, be able to busy. do all of that in the first place. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy that men our age are back in film. Because for, <laughs> no, for a while, we were not in film. We were always decrepit in a bed dying. But now men our age can be heroes. We can have lovers. We can make love to women. We can ride uh, airplanes. We do anything we want. Writers now are starting to write that the people that are 65 years old. He's not 65. Not. I am. I am. I'm talking about me, 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 me. <laughs> No, I beard for Salem, but don't you don't don't. Uh, yeah, no, Xander's younger yeah. than that. Well, I'm talking about. I'm me. not decrepit yet, so. Speak no, but it's stuff. nice to know that plus fifty plus still gets work. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Fifty plus today yeah. gets work. Remember years ago, fifty plus. Did, still I think there's there's a, a lot more ageism today in in other areas of culture. I think than there mm -hmm. were. There used to be that sense of um, looking up to your elders and and. Uh, no, not anymore. You know, in the workplace uh, all over, I think a lot of people are suffering ageism. Luckily, as stories will always involve older people, so I think we'll always... I, I remember I, the first agent I ever had uh, brought me into the office to introduce me to the other agent and said, look at this face. He's, he's going to start working and he won't stop. He'll be one of those actors working when he's 85 years old. And uh, I, I, I thought from, from your lips to God's ears, and it's kind of been that way ever since I was young, and I, I always felt like um, in college I was always playing the heavy, the older characters because I was a makeup man and I could uh, do the transformation as well as the, the physical transformation with the makeup. And so I feel like I'm just coming into my, my type now. Mm. Actually, Lou, because like, you, you play like such iconic characters in so many different shows or you have over I, I mean i guess i we should say congratulations first of all because from mommy dearest to now is is many years of you making a ton of great films and being in a ton of great uh television series and so uh we should say congratulations on that in the first place um uh everybody knows like i found you on twitter i was like tweeting and looking for like cool guests and and it's funny because probably some of the things that i remember you the most from are probably like not even 
it's just the fact that you do such offbeat things as, as well as these big blockbuster things uh, that makes me find you so interesting and so appealing that you can do every kind of different genre. Because believe it or not, like I love Kick-Ass. For Christmas, I got all the toys yes. uh, from Kick-Ass. Like, and the fact that you were like in Kick-Ass um, and you look so stupid like cool but stupid like your character was kind of like so stupid of everything that was going on for someone who's also played all these heavy dramatic roles uh, i just thought that the choices that you've made were super cool and the fact that you were in kick-ass you know my favorite movie of all time is a few good men so like you kind of like have you know kick kick-ass and a few good men in my head don't really go together uh for the same actor but the fact that you're such a good actor and you get to do all the different genres and, and t different type types of characters makes me find you fascinating intriguing okay. and awesome let's get to a really wait, wait, wait. good question let what? Him, let well, him you 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 know, what that made me think is that in these different genres as you were saying it um each movie you do in a particular genre seems to have its own offspring uh, of subgenres that, like, some director, like, I remember when I worked with this guy, Todd Haynes, a director I really love. Storytelling, uh, I think, or was well, that storytelling? That was, that was Todd Solentz, another oh, okay. New York hipster <laughs> filmmaker who I love. Um, but Todd Haynes was safe with Julianne Moore. Oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> he had seen me in, in Sid and Nancy, and he said, I really want to take that guy from Sid and Nancy, who was the junkie drug dealer. And I wanted to see him play this because I knew you could do anything. I wanted to watch you in this independent film world manifest as the regular guy, the normal, the husband in the valley who doesn't get what's going on. And that, that excited him to go completely against type, but it was still in that subgenre of smart art film, independent film. And from that film, from Safe, the guy who did Gattaca, confided in me after he'd cast me to play the doctor in Gattaca that he secretly wanted that guy who was in safe because he thought I would bring this atmosphere of the strange sci-fi realm while being completely natural just because that's the, the kind of the good baggage that you bring with you. If you do make choices not predicated on the money and the, the splashy exposure, but you, you end up appealing to really smart filmmakers and, I'm working with this kid next week. I say kid, he's 24 years old. I, I, that was when I did Mommy Dearest. I was a kid. And uh, he's written the most beautiful screenplay, and it's set in Maine and beautifully using the, the peak of autumn as a special effect in a way, mm, nice. uh, as a setting for it. And uh, he's, uh, we're in discussions about my, my daughter perhaps playing my son in the beginning of the movie. Cool. And starting a whole new generation. <laughs> See that? Impressive. Actually, though, you have a whole... Wait, I want to ask him a question. Okay. Betty Davis said that she hated Faye Dunaway and thought she was the most unprofessional actress ever. How did you find working with Faye Dunaway? You know, it's funny. In Mommy Dearest. Yeah, well, I, I met, when I met her, I was meeting two, two, two movie stars at once because she was all done up as Joan and she was stepping oh, out of a 1940s yeah, yeah. white limousine Rolls Royce and she was like and Frank Perry the director introduced said Xander this is Xander Berkeley he'll be playing your son Xander this is Faye and she was like uh hello <laughs> yeah that's what Betty <laughs> Betty Davis hated I mean I knew Betty well and Betty and I sometimes used to dish about like Errol Flynn we talked about you know she hated him too oh really but, yeah she that's couldn't stand Errol Flynn because he grabbed her 
vagina once while they were shooting and she was Queen Elizabeth. Her vagina? No, I have to use the proper word. I wouldn't have used the other word. But we got a letter from somebody saying we're vulgar. So now we're cleaning up the show. Anyway, Errol Flynn bit her. He actually went down and bit her on the box while they were shooting <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. So she couldn't get over that ever. But Betty said that Faye well, Dunaway. That, that is a little inappropriate. I mean, usually no, before Flynn you was, touch no, anything like no, that, you usually Ar- talk to your co-star beforehand. No, no, he did it, he did it to, to spite her. Well, he, didn't, he hated her. Unprofessional. They hated, they hated each other <laughs> because that's, that's Betty Davis story. was the power. And any yeah. man that, oh wait, Betty Davis was the power. Any man that tried to be as powerful as her was eaten up alive. That's why she had actors like George Brent, you know, those bread and butter guys. But anyway, getting back to Faye Dunaway, Betty said that she was the most unprofessional actress she had ever met in her life. What do you think? You know, it's funny because I was doing a friend's radio show and I just bashed her badly last week. Good. And I don't, I don't feel bad about it at all because... <laughs> I, I was dear friends. I became like fast friends with the with um, Diana Scarwood, who played uh, Christina, and I was playing right, her brother right, Christopher. Right, and, right, right. and we just immediately bonded like these little broken birds. That uh, and, and I, I remember the same way that Faye greeted me that day that I met her. The two of us were walking in the Brent, you know, on the Brentwood property because we were going to move from one location to the next, and we're walking by the the house where we would have lived, I suppose. Um, as children, side. and we're walking by her, and um, Christina said, "Hello, Faye." And mm-hmm. three full strides past, she turned around and did the same. Oh, hello! <laughs> and and uh, it, what killed me was that I, one time towards the end of uh, the whole experience, which to me was a a, a, a brutal. Uh, cherry popping experience because I had auditioned originally for a scene that they never ended up shooting wherein Christopher not ever having said uh, I love you goodbye fuck you I hate you any of these things is suddenly uh, confronted with her corpse in, in a in a coffin in this very elegant funeral home I, I know that <laughs> sorry I, I my wife made a green drink for me today and i all kinds of green things are like lodged. Pardonnez-moi, s'il vous plaît. Okay, so That's go okay. on with the story. It's interesting. He, he, wait, wait, he's, he's yeah. choking. Okay, you don't choke when you're. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I spent. You know, I, I shot the scene where I get nixed out of the the will with Christina. <coughs> there, I think that's it. And they cut your scene out completely. Across the room. Um, that uh, where we'd been nixed out of the will and, and all that we'd done. And so the, the final scene that I got to shoot was the scene I'd auditioned with a full five months earlier and was waiting to do. And my grandmother had just passed away and she was a grand dam of the Joan Crawford sort of school. And uh, so I was using this experience that I loved my grandmother dearly, but there was a lot of mixed emotions towards the end. She hadn't treated my dad very well. And there was a lot of just stuff. And uh, so I was just sitting on all that in a funeral home with just this mortuary just filled from floor to ceiling with flowers that they had done. It was a big Paramount production, and they were recreating old Hollywood. It was Hollywood a great, great scene, and she was behind the curtain. Yeah, and I was there. Like, in the theater, you come an hour if you have serious makeup to do and a half an hour if you don't before the curtain rises and you go on. And this was really just my first movie and my first experience of waiting for seven hours 
Oh, oh for to get ready? And she, well, who knows what was happening, but she had been devouring scenery for five straight months and spitting the director <laughs> and everybody else. No, that's what Betty Davis said. And Betty said on set, I'm going to demolish her to, to one of the directors. Let's do the punchline before I forget it, that they, they, um, they finally take me after seven hours of, you know, holding this emotion in, breathing in the, the real flowers, which you don't get in theater either. And all of a sudden you're being pulled in and the AD, the assistant director is saying, okay, uh, they're ready for your scene now, Xander. And I'm sort of fragilely being headed towards and, and Frank Perry, the director comes up and goes, uh, okay, so uh, Christine's going to come out from behind the curtain and you two are going to greet each other. You haven't seen each other in a while, but you're close. And so you're just going to greet each other and go out. It's sad, but anyway, uh, and I will, um, when, when do I, I go behind the, the curtain? And he goes, Oh no, that's a that's a scrub. No, we, we don't. You, you, you didn't hear it. Yeah, no, that's been cut for months. We don't know that Christopher actually did go in and and view the body. So we're just going to have her come out, and then you two are going to greet each other, and then and it's like, that was a weak scene. That should not have been. Now, and you waited all that time, and to it like, should have been and, as and, you shot it because and he rehearsed like, all that time. <laughs> no, 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 because if you're familiar with the movie, another planet, because I was just so freaked out. No, if you're familiar with the movie, Christina does come out. Joan's laying there with her pearls and bullshit, like looking like a stone. And the daughter looks at her, another stone, and then she turns and she parts the curtains. Now the brother should have definitely have been with her. And I always felt that it was sort of like Christopher's last smack in the face. Yeah. You know, you know Joan Crawford's in the coffin and you can't see Mommy Dearest. Get away, you little creep. I, yeah. always, I was always offended by that. Funny that you should be upset about that because I, as the viewer, were very upset about it. I thought, poor Christopher, he can't even see the old bitch dead. Yeah. <laughs> to even yeah. curse her I, out or anything. I, I <laughs> spit, had spit in her face. Removed by it, but for me, it was just such a disappointment that I didn't very get big. to fulfill this mm -hmm. thing. Which had the only time in my career I did the, the in the audition over at Paramount, and they watched me do it, and they just took the script and said, "Will you be in our movie?" And it was my first movie. I went, uh, "It would be my pleasure." You better believe and, it. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So to not get to do that was kind of a trip. I, Tom Hanks and I did Volunteers right after that, and he told me at one point that he had told that story at lectures about how brutal the business can be. And I don't, I don't say it from the point of view of poor me, but it's just an interesting beginning. And it also established me in a kind of culty kind of way that I like. Uh, and, but the, the story about Joan that just really floored me was that Diana was a, was a cool girl, but she left the business because of what Joan did to her in that movie. She had one scene that was supposed to be her big breakdown scene in the laundry room or something. And it was one of those takes, she said, that you only get once. It's just, mm -hmm. that's it. It's all happening. And in the middle of the take, Joan mm -hmm. steps in front of the camera and turns right to the camera and to the director goes, oh, did you want tears, Frank? I'll give you tears. Well, that's Faye Dunaway. That's Faye <laughs> fucking Dunaway. Well, D Betty Davis said, that, <laughs> listen, Betty Davis was on the set, and I forgot the name of the movie, but it was a haunted movie about a haunted house. And Faye Dunaway was one of the major characters. And one of the directors said to Betty Davis, um, is she giving you a hard time? Betty didn't answer it. Now, Faye Dunaway walks by, and he said to Faye Dunaway, I hope you're not going to give Betty a hard time because, you know, this film is getting a little tense. And Faye Dunaway just looked at Betty, and Betty walked by Faye Dunaway, and with her hand, she brushed her aside. She said, darling, I will demolish you. And she kept walking. <laughs> Ooh, and that's so her. Betty Davis, you know, and I, of course, loved her. I mean, she was the best pal you could hang around with. 
She loved the gay guys. Actually, too, I should explain because because you don't know. Uh, Ron actually, uh, yeah. Ron had a television show in uh, L.A. for many years called Set the Record Straight, where he interviewed all the legends of Hollywood. So like he's oh, done he's done all interviews and, and hung out with like all the the, the Turner Classic movie people. The real it was, stars. It was fun, Ron, to have that be your first movie because all the people that were doing the makeup for uh, Faye dressing her up as Joan had worked with Joan and had worked and they were telling stories and. And for years after that, because I'd done that movie, you know, you're talking about the gay community, that I, I was, uh, that was my first sort of sub-genre that I found myself unwittingly uh, admitted into because whenever I'd walk down the street for years after Mommy Dearest, uh, some gay guy would go, Christopher! That's a famous line. But I, I, I could tell you a really quick story. Well, I forgot the story. See what oh. happens when you get old? Who was I going to talk about? It was very know. important. Too. Well, I'll finish this one and maybe it'll spur And then it'll come back to me. Right. See what happens? I, I remember getting, uh, I had uh, my old beat up Ford Galaxy and I was getting uh, money out of the, my Sumitomo, that tells you how long ago it was, branch, uh, ATM. And some guy went, oh, she was a bitch. Couldn't even leave me enough money to get a nice car. <laughs> <laughs> I like my car, I and I wasn't really story. in the will. When, like when, when, when I interviewed Cliff Robertson on my show, Set the Record Straight, I said, what was it like working with Joan Crawford on Autumn Leaves? He said, well, I'll give you a quick summary of that story. She invited me to her home on Bristol Drive, by the way, in Brentwood. And there she was laying by the pool in a Terry Croft robe. Somebody was doing a pedicure. Somebody was doing a manicure. And La Crawford gracefully smiled. She said, oh, so you're my leading man in autumn leaves. He said, yes. It was, he was ready to leave. And Joan said, no, don't leave. I'll be done in a minute. Now she's done. And she takes him up to her bedroom where she's lying on a chaise lounge with her legs open. Okay. Oh. And it, oh, she wanted him big time. So it's in my video. If you ever see the show, you can hear him say it himself. Legs are open in your video? No, 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 no. She was laying, she had gorgeous legs, and she was laying on the chaise, I guess, creaming her legs, you know, being very seductive. And Cliff said, luckily, my girlfriend had given me a wristwatch with a timer in it. He said, and when Joan Crawford made the offer, the timer went off, and he remembered his girlfriend, and he said, I'm very sorry, but I'm leaving here now, and I'm leaving here a virgin. Uh, and Joan was after him throughout the whole film of Autumn Leaves. She hated him that he wouldn't make a pass at her. She was also a dyke. I mean, I don't know what her story was. She made it with so many women as well, well as men. She was bisexual. Well, totally. You know, there's some people, and this is one of the things that you've come across, I'm sure. It's about 50-50 with the legends, in my experience. They're the ones who think they're legends in their own minds. And there's something about fame that can be very dangerous. And I was always wary of it myself. And I love the idea of having anonymity and flying under the radar and being able to have a personal life and, and have, being able to have personal experiences where you could be the one studying people instead of mm -hmm. the people all studying you. Mm -hmm. And I'd been doing it for so long, I'd been around people that were suddenly like inundated with fans, like you couldn't have a conversation in a restaurant, but that some drunk person was going to come up and go, dude, you're that guy, oh my God. And, right. and, yeah. I love you, can I have a picture? And you know, it sort of queers the scene, uh, you know, on some level, more often than not. And so that never really appealed to me you know, the, the opportunities for better roles always appeal to me, but it's a catch-22 because a lot of times you get this, uh, this fawning attention that, that I've watched so many people get, and they believe it. They believe that their shit don't stink. And yeah. that, you know, it's... it's well, I, you know what? They're so pampered. The studios, studios back then pampered, pampered them. them. 
Well, they still do. They want to. Let me tell you another another Betty Betty Davis Davis story. story. Betty, Betty, myself, and I have an echo here. Chad, can you get the echo out? Very bad echo. Anyway, Betty and I and a group of other gay guys went to Le Moustache, a restaurant in L.A. years ago. And Betty Davis had on a sailor hat upside down, no lipstick and big sunglasses. She looked like a little old lady because she was an old lady. And we're sitting there and we're all gabbing and nobody's looking. You know, and the room is filled with gay guys because Le Moustache, you know, was a big gay hangout. And suddenly Betty was done and she put her lipstick on and she turned it, went to the waitress, coffee. Well, the minute that mouth opened oh, and the red lips, Betty, forget it. They all knew it. And they yeah. came running around the table by the hundreds. And Betty, and they're saying to Barry, I love you. I love you. She said, of course you do. Of course you do, dear. <laughs> I mean, she had answers like you wouldn't believe. But it was amazing. It was almost like snake pit. Here this old lady is sitting there without lipstick. Suddenly she puts lipstick on and yells, coffee, with that famous voice. And it was, it was bedlam. I mean, how she handled it, I'd never know. This is going to be the Betty Davis interview. <laughs> no, 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 gonna, no, no, I want to move on from No, Betty you know what yeah. it is? Our interviews are conversations. We don't do those stereotype interviews that bore the audiences. We like to keep it flowing. We like to hear what you say, what we say. We're a conversation show. And that's why we're the number one radio show. Because we don't do interviews. How would you like it if I do? And da-da-da-da-da. All that boring crap you've done a thousand times. We want new stuff, and you gave us gorgeous stuff today. The Crawford Faye Dunaway, forget it. Your show is going to be number one. There you go. Oh, I love that. Like, you gave made us. a comment, which I want to like let everybody know that your wife made you green tea uh, uh, or green something drink. green, a green no. drink. Um, and that for people who don't know, because I didn't know, uh, when I Googled you on YouTube, I was looking to see what kind of stuff comes up. And there's all kinds of stuff of you at this, all this different Twilight stuff. And I was like, he's not in Twilight. Then I learned that your wife. Uh, Sarah Clark, she is in Twilight. She was Esme and now you're like, a, and you're a whole like movie family. Now your daughter's gonna start acting, so like you're actually like a movie family, and 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 both you and your wife are both in like these iconic, you know, like films that people will be talking about forever. I well, wish I was related to you. I could get in movies too. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we met on the pilot of Twenty Four, and that was about thirteen, fourteen years ago, I guess, and. Uh, and so we started out working together, and, and uh, we, we got to do a lot of really fun. We, we always look for opportunities to get to work together, but as, as it stands now, it seems like one of us is away, and the other one's dealing with the girls, and then we get back, and then we s- switch places, and that's what we're in the midst of doing right now, but we're both very lucky that we are continuing to work into our relative dotages, because obviously men have a an easier time working when they're older. Uh, But my wife's just gotten another great show and I'm very excited for her because she keeps, she keeps working in her forties, which is as difficult as it is. You know, you're saying keep Mm -hmm. working in your, in your fifties. So you have, you have like all these, I'm just going to like do a little quick rundown of some of the stuff that you've been in that I like a lot. So people know, cause then we're going to ask you some questions. Uh, but like, so you've been in Gattaca taken air force one terminator transcendence faster kick-ass. One of my favorites, um, for the boys, a few good men, the rock storytelling fracture and the, uh, the Nikita TV series. Do you have something out of all the cool stuff you've been in? That's like, that stands out as like, Hey, this is one of the things I dug the most, or I really, really liked a lot or that I had the best experience on or something like that. Well, there's there's one that's coming out on the the first of October or something like no, I think it's next Monday, um, and it's totally independent. 
And Ron, you'll get a kick out of this because it was funded by the Humphrey Bogart Foundation. Wow. And uh, it, this writer has been a, a, a noir aficionado. And um, he wrote a script and posted it on Kickstarter. And um, a friend of mine, uh, was the playing the femme fatale, thought of me for this part. And uh, the director said, yeah, if you could get it to him. And and uh, I read it, and I, I just fell in love with the script. And uh, Steve Anderson, the director, had posted it and had like, immediately started raising a very modest budget. The whole thing was designed to be shot on a shoestring. And very skeletal, pared-down crew and a true sort of modern contemporary noir shot in and around Los Angeles. And um, a lot of it in a taxi cab and on Sunset Boulevard and, and just in Beverly Hills and out to the PCH and, and it's a, Sounds fun. Oh my gosh. It's such a cool movie. It's called this last lonely place. Oh, I want to oh, see. Oh yes. I've heard of that. I, I actually saw the trailer it. for it. This, yeah, this, what is it? This very, what is it? This, this last lonely place. Yes, oh, I want to yes, see yes, it. I've this heard last of that. Oh, we're going to yeah. see it. And Wait, it pays we... an homage to the Bogart film in a lonely place yeah, yeah. with the title, the Bogart foundation, it sort of popped up for them. And they said, We'll give you that amount of money. And Steve said, well, actually, I've already raised this much, so I would only think it was take it and use exactly. it all. Exactly. And, and the Bogart Foundation had all this incredible sort of access to things like, you know, the Polo Lounge and the Chateau Marmont, all these great locations we got to use. All the wonderful places. They owed Bogart a favor for having used his likeness without permission or one thing or another. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Parlaying these into wonderful... Uh, locations for this really small movie, and it's pure independent film. And Indiegogo, or however it's pronounced, Indiegogo, I guess, Indiegogo. Yep. Yeah. is doing the distribution starting on Monday. And we're going to do this this friend's radio show together and promote um, the the release of it so that people can buy it on their own and and they can get it with the perks. And it's it's very much in that. And for me, you know what you were saying, Jimmy? It's like I really sort of deliberately targeted from you do a big, big movie, oftentimes like like A Few Good Men. Um, I call it A Few Big Rolls, A Few Big Paychecks, among which mine was not either. <laughs> uh, but you're associated with these big movies. And in fact, my character is giving Tom Cruise his, his assignment and Kevin Pollack, who I love and saw recently. Um, and I send them on their mission. And, and I'm, you know, I refer to division wants you on this and there's this sort of like division what's division somehow between that character the captain is also head of the legal uh education of these these guys marines um that association i think linked into air force one where i play the secret service traitor in that case yeah that's it's, awesome it's <laughs> what sort of linked into becoming i iconically associated with some nefarious governmental power, and uh, and then the, being head of the counter-terrorist unit as George Mason in 24, again, going down with the plane, as I had gone down with the plane in Air Force One, these weird sort of recurring motifs start to happen. And then I got offered that TV series Nikita, where I play the guy who has created Division. And so there's always, it's, it's really fun to watch the fans sort of put these weird little dot-to-dots. Was there any... And the, 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 yeah, the writer said, of course, it popped into our mind early on that you'd be perfect for this, having been the first person to introduce division into the vernacular. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I've always loved going from big movies to little big parts in, in little movies to little parts in big movies and, and back and forth and sort of dodging it. So a lot of times, you know, you, you don't get seen in these movies like This Last Lonely Place. I'm hoping people see it, but you do it because you love the story and you get to, like I was saying, I've never made a movie for less, but I've never enjoyed making one more than I did on this this last lonely play. Who is that, Ron? This is Star, Jimmy Star's dog. Oh. And he's, he's always on the show with us. And I'm dying to see the movie, though, because I like the trailer. Lady. He wants to say hello to you. <laughs> hello, Star. You look now, like Star. Now the dog's getting famous, but, but yeah. He, but he's annoying because he's at my foot chomping on it because he wants to get picked up. So He's needy. So, so one wait, other wait, thing. Wait, one no. more thing. Listen, I'm a little old. Give me that title again. I can't remember that damn title for some reason. Yeah, it's a hard title. I kept wanting to, to Yeah, say, what is it called? The Last Lonely Place. But he, The Last, he, let with, me memorize it. The Last this, Lonely this. Place. This yeah, Last Lonely Place. Oh, This, this. Last hard Lonely Place. Hard to say it. It looks better in print, This Last Lonely Place. Yeah, if I read it, When it's ready to go and you tweet it out, like, uh, let me know and I'll like put it all through all our social media and help yeah, promote and, it for and you. I'll yeah. And I'll talk about it when I see it. Thanks I'll, so much. I'll review it. It was so deeply satisfying working on it. Reese Coiro and, and Carly Pope are the other uh, two actor, primary yeah, actors yeah. in it. And the three of us just loved it. We were mostly the three of us in a taxi cab with the director and the cinematographer. All of all the guys were over six feet, so there's four of us <laughs> in a taxi, and literally the director had the cans on his head and his ears next to the, the ear, uh, his knees right up there next to his earphones, and uh, this six foot four or five cinematographer, young guy, uh, skinny, thank God, because uh, he wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like a, a praying mantis that was able to get these shots in the back seat or in the front seat shooting back. And we would just go for these long takes. And uh, oh, my dog is getting old and she's limping. Aww. Star's 14. Sophie. Really? Yeah. yeah. Sophie's a he bigger dog and her hips are going. Well, Star, She's only Star, 12. Star, Star just came out of makeup. That's why he looks... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without I, makeup, he looks 14. I have a question, because you've worked with um, one of my favorite actors who I would love to work with. That's Liam Neeson. And I hope you have a nice, good story to tell yes, about him. Yes, Liam is wonderful. I hope he's like an awesome person and a he's really a good sweetheart. co-star. You is know, he? he is... Yeah, uh, sweetie part. I love him. He's I love you, Liam. Solid, he's good a solid, guy. solid guy. Mm -hmm. We did a movie right before Taken that we both is another a great example of you never know which ones are going to bust out. Um, but we wished the best for this movie that uh, a friend of mine, David Von Anken, who I became friends with since he directed uh, and executive produced on Salem mm. um, as well. We just stayed really good friends after this movie that, that he directed called Seraphim Falls with Liam and <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mel Gibson's company uh, produced it. It's about $11 million, and it was right when all that crazy stuff was happening for Mel. Yeah, what's uh, going on with Mel now? Let him go back to the story. Go back to the story, because we only have like three yeah. minutes left. Oh, okay. okay yeah, <laughs> they, they, they kind of dropped the ball on, on uh, the, the distribution or the, uh, the, the, the marketing and the ads and stuff, but Liam and Pierce uh, and I and, and everybody involved just loved this movie, Seraphim Falls. And then shortly after that, uh, Liam and I were in the table reading 
for Taken, and uh, he came up and he goes, yeah, I'm a bit worried about this one. Could be a bit of a B movie. Uh, <laughs> the hero stuff. I don't know. I'm a bit embarrassed. <laughs> and uh, and I said, yeah, I know. I'm, uh, it's nice to see you again anyway. And, uh, You're talking about Taken now. Yeah. Taken, which that was great. Shit. Uh, uh, I, I love that movie. movie. It was Me great. Too. I liked Taken it. Taken was His fabulous. performance in that movie just and the, the way the – the, uh, the Frenchman was the cinematographer for Luc Besson and had such a great visual way of yeah. tapping the audience into this camera. deep mm-hmm. kind of adrenalized terror of something happening yeah. to your child. Mm-hmm. And it just never let go from the minute you were on there. And, and uh, so you never know. I mean, you're making a movie, you, you, you think it's going to be great and nobody ends up seeing it. And then the other times you don't know, well, wow. And then ba-boom. Or the one you think is going to be a blockbuster right. flops, and then the one that you right. think is going to flop, people right. actually take to, and you're like, you actually enjoyed that? You mean you've seen yeah. it? You really enjoyed it? No, yeah. Taken was a great I love, story. Yeah, I, I like Taken too, too. And it was visual. It was a visual movie, and I'm very involved, as Jimmy knows, with camera. And when I go to a film, and the film tells me the story without the actors portraying it, that's when I like the film. Yeah, that's a good cinematographer and, 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 and that photography told the story, where the camera went, your eyes yeah. went. You knew the moves. Yeah. He didn't ha- the actor didn't have Pierre to spell Perrault. it out. And he, he's a cinematographer directing. And that, that, Wonderful. Uh, Wonderful. If you have a, a, an actor as solid as Liam is, uh, carrying the mm-hmm. inner life of the character along with him uh, and the physical, his physicality along with that. Definitely. So here's what we got to do, everybody, because we're out of Wait, time. Just one thing. I, I, I firmly believe oh. that every great film has a great DP. If you don't have a good, good DP, your film's not going to happen. That's my belief. What do you think? I, th- I think you what need you a good one, absolutely. But uh, Isn't it all up to the DP to make your work look good? I, I, I chose movies a lot of times because I heard who the DP was going to be, and I'd rather have a small role with that DP. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're, yeah. okay, you're so, a good actor. You know so what you're guys, talking about. If you guys want to like find out more, you can follow Xander Berkeley. It's X-A-N-D-E-R-B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y on Twitter. He's also got a, a great website, XanderBerkeley.net. He's also yeah. an artist. Check out his art. It's really cool. He makes the masks in the, in the TV show Salem. There's videos on YouTube. He's got great clips and everything on his website, so check it out. We want to thank you for coming on the Jimmy Star Show and anytime you have anything to promote let us know and we'll help promote it and keep us posted as whether or not your character is coming back which I hope it does yeah, I mean, we I'm going to watch it regardless too. but I really hope you come back and I, I want to thank you loose ends bottom line but yeah and um, I, I want to thank you for the Faith Dunaway story thank you so much for that bet. our you fans bet. are going to love it It'd be fun to chat at greater length off camera too. It'd be great to hear more we of would your love oh, it. I, off camera I've got stories about Cary Grant and Randolph <laughs> Scott and my best friend Mr. Blackwell Bye. Thanks, Xander. We're going to stay in touch. Thank you, Xander. Bye. Have a good one. Say hello to your wife and kids. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Great show. Good show. Hey, everybody. Uh, That was a great show. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Good show. Chad, how much time? I'm out of time, right? You got about a minute and a half. Oh, a minute and a half. Yay. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We had a really good time. Xander's awesome. Everybody yeah, enjoyed nice. it. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jimmy Star Show and Dr. Jimmy Star. Ron is at Ron Russell Show. Deirdre's. Uh, Deirdre Sarego. Um, also follow at LGBTQ TV and follow at the number one magical weekend. And let me know on my Facebook page. That's Ron Russell Show. Whether you like getting all this Hollywood dish and all the inside stories about the stars of yesteryear. Let me know. I'm interested in finding out what you think. And uh, thanks, everybody, in the chat room. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, 
uh, Nate from LGBTQ TV. Everybody, have a great week and uh, have a great weekend. And we'll have another great show set up for you guys next week. Bye, Thanks. Later. Bye, everybody. You need, you need Jimmy Star. Jimmy Star. One day I was walking down the street. My mate come up to me and said, Hey, mate, want to go to a party? Party, 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 party. I'm like, Talking about love, I ain't got no gums. I need some nice gums so I can go out to this party and pull all the chicks and the geezers. Do you know what I mean? So he said, Salty geezer, I'll take you up to the store up the street. 